Day one of the federal election campaign. This, of course, after Prime Minister Trudeau called for the dissolution of parliament yesterday, triggering an election. And for more on what to expect, let's welcome in Kim Wright, who, of course, is a a principal at Wright Strategies. She joins us now here on Global News Radio. Kim, good afternoon. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. First off, I want to ask you about Justin Trudeau, who said yesterday that Canadians deserve their say at this pivotal moment. And one of the questions I've seen popping up time and time again, as we are in the midst of a fourth wave, Kim, is uh, why now? Why is this moment so pivotal? Look, this was entirely an ego trip by the Prime Minister. Listeners will remember uh, at the start of the pandemic, Justin Trudeau wanted complete authority for two years without Parliament sitting, and the opposition uh, parties went, uh, no, that's not a thing we're going to do. So you have to work in minority government. You have to try to figure out how to get things through for the best of Canadians. The Prime Minister didn't like that, didn't like to have to listen when Jagmeet Singh said, Uh, No, that wage subsidy at 10 points is not going to help any small businesses. So you need to increase that. CERB, same thing. You know, all of these types of emergency supports that we saw were so necessary during the pandemic were not what the prime minister really wanted to do. So those pesky opposition leaders like Jagmeet Singh pushed him to do more and he didn't like that. So we're on the campaign trail now. Yeah, let me ask you a little more about Mr. Singh, the leader of the NDP. He was on our show last week ahead of the uh, official uh, election call and said that if it did indeed happen, it was nothing more than a power play, than a a power grab. Is this uh, the case that the NDP, the Conservatives and other opponents need to make to be successful in this election and to cut into Justin Trudeau and the Liberals' lead, do you think? Look, I think the campaign will play out. There's lots of things that are going to happen on the campaign trail and people will have to live on their records. And frankly, uh, some of the images that are coming out of uh, Afghanistan of people literally holding on to a plane to try to get out of there. The prime minister is going to have to be held to account for why he decided that, you know, going out on the election campaign was more important than getting uh, those who helped uh, Canada throughout the war home uh, and, and, you know, getting back into, uh, you know, managing, getting them out of uh, a war-torn country. Those, uh, that's that's just going to be on him. Uh, there's lots of things he could, the prime minister could have done. The opposition leaders were willing to do that, but he didn't want to. So here we are. Uh, we're going to get out on the campaign trail. And the thing I will say, the prime minister uh, and some of his language in the Uh, starting of the campaign yesterday when he was talking about tyranny and all of these things, when people uh, don't engage with elected officials, he's going to hear from Canadians. And I'm not sure he's going to like what they say, because people are people are scared, people are worried, and people are, are tired of pretty words, and they actually want to get on with governing. Do you believe that Justin Trudeau likely would not have called this election? I mean, we're less than two years since the last one. I think it's a year and 10 months, Kim. But do you think the prime minister would have called this election if he felt either the NDP or the conservatives were a credible threat? I think there are lots of things that were coming uh, down the pipeline for this government that he just wanted a, a fresh start for himself. Um, and we and we saw this you know, last summer when he prorogued parliament over the We Charity scandal. All of the stuff that's been happening in the Canadian military with all the sexual assaults allegations, um, you know, how has that been ma- mismanaged and managed? Um, what's happening with the economy? What's happening with actually delivering on some of those theatrical moments the prime minister has taken? You'll remember that he, you know, took a knee on Parliament Hill about Black Lives Matters and then really hasn't done anything around diversity and inclusion since. 
There's lots of questions as to why there isn't safe drinking water in a number of our, our reserves across this country. To this day, people are still having terrible water. That wasn't a COVID problem. That, that was just a lack of effort uh, to get this done. And, and people, are, people are starting to really question that. So the prime minister has a lot to answer for, lots of splaining to do, as they say. Uh, so I think he's going to find a bit of a rough ride on the campaign trail, as he did from questions on uh, at Rideau Hall yesterday when he launched this unnecessary campaign. Bring up a lot of important and significant issues. Having said that, do you believe that this election, will it be fought on, won or lost on the pandemic and the response? I think it will be, it's, it's regional somewhat. A pandemic will be the overarching theme. People have lost faith in the institutions of Canada. So they're looking to the leadership candidates to say, this is what we think, how we rebuild Canada, what can be done to be, you know, improve long-term care, include, improve healthcare. We've got wildfires running rampant uh, through British Columbia uh, that are impacting not only BC, but across Canada and weather patterns. There has got to be some focus put on, on to that and measures in which we can manage wildfires uh, in this country. There are still Indigenous children who the federal Liberal government is still taking to court over settlement for atrocities in the residential school crisis, which we now know have hundreds and thousands of dead children buried uh, under under the in these unmarked graves across the country. I would have liked to have seen uh, some focus on getting that sorted away before we got to electioneering. But look, politics is more fun than talking about uh, dead children and a lack of credibility on on a whole host of issues. Kim, can I ask you, too, about the turnout and how much of a role that might play in this election? And first off, do you think that there's a real appetite uh, for this election amongst the Canadian electorate? Are they engaged? I mean, here we are in the middle of summer, the, the middle of uh, August. And I believe there's a lot of families and a lot of parents who are very concerned about uh, back to school and a return to uh, the classroom uh, for their kids. Are Is the electorate, do you think, are, are they engaged here? Yeah, I think no one ever wants an election. Uh, even people like, you know, you and I who talk about elections and campaigns all the time, no one ever really wants to see that happen. They've got lives to live in this year, trying to get their kids uh, ready for school again, how people are going to go back into their workplaces, making sure people are safe as, as they try to, you know, create that new normal. So there's lots of uncertainty. And, and I think that's entirely why the Prime Minister called this election at this time for the shortest possible period he could have a, a campaign. And there's still lots of questions, you know, how can people re-enter schools and communities safely? We'll get there, but that's going to take a whole different measure on the campaign trail. Where do, where will people go to vote? How will advance polls work? How will mail-in ballots work? I would encourage listeners uh, to, you know, as soon as you figure out what you're going to do with your ballot, uh, you know, contact Elections Canada and, and figure out how to get your, your polling situation sorted out and your ball balloting situation sorted out. But I think you're right. There's going to be some serious apathy, and I think that's going to impact voter turnout, especially for the governing party. Yeah, not only apathy, but some serious concern, and you just touched upon it there in your answer, when it comes to a COVID and going to an election spot uh, where gathering uh, will be happening and whether or not there'll be proper physical distancing and concerns over even the most mundane of things, like maybe sharing a, a pencil to mark your uh, ballot. Do you think uh, COVID is going to play a role in the turnout? And uh, how do you think the pandemic, uh, the first one, uh, the first election we've ever had during a pandemic, obviously, Kim, 
What sort of role do you think that's going to play in this election? There have been some provincial elections across the country that have been run through COVID. Uh, some have been pretty successful. Uh, some uh, out in uh, Newfoundland certainly created, there were some challenges. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. Um, in fact, there's, there's, uh, there's an election happening right now in Nova Scotia. So we'll see how that unfolds in terms of the safety and security and, and how that is managed. But there are lots of questions about, um, you know, how people are going to get to polling stations, how these mail-in ballots across the country will be managed. Uh, can we do this? Absolutely. Uh, is it going to take a bit more ingenuity? Yes. And more importantly, it's going to take people actually wanting to show up to vote. And I will say to this to listeners and to my own friends and family everywhere, uh, you know, campaigns actually do matter. How your country is governed matters. And what we've seen during a during this pandemic has been who has led well uh, and who has has faltered. And it really does impact how uh, how these communities and country survive when you actually vote. Campaigns matter. And as you mentioned a second ago, this is one of the shortest uh, under law. It's the shortest that we can have only 36 days. So clearly this is a sprint, not a marathon. How is this going to change parties approach when it comes to uh, campaigning? Yeah, you're going to see a lot more of Zoom town halls, um, less of the, you know, thousand person rallies across the country. I think there are questions certainly about how do you make sure that your campaign event doesn't become a super spreader. Um, so all of those sort of technological changes and campaign tactics, those Main Street and glad handing uh, things that we're all used to during campaigns, those images won't uh, happen in the same way. So I think everyone is cautious about how to do a national campaign crisscrossing the country in, in the most safe and secure way. You're going to see lots of masks and you're going to see lots of you know people just being a bit more cautious than normal. And with only, again, 36 days, though, Kim, I mean, does every day count more than ever when it comes to trying to get your message across and win votes? Ab absolutely. And we saw, you know, Aaron O'Toole stumble a bit out of the gate yesterday. Uh, with some of the questions he was asked, that's going to take him off message for a couple of days. He released a platform today, still is a bit, uh, hasn't gotten his sea legs under him. Although I will say this because I like to be at least positive once in a while. Uh, one of the things I actually liked out of Aaron O'Toole's platform, uh, and it, it, it was a focus he's put on mental health. And I'll see, uh, I suspect we'll see similar out of other leaders, but having mental health be front and center after everything people have gone through and the conversations we're having, I think that was incredibly important for a, a national party to say mental health matters. And we're going to put some resources behind that. I've got other challenges with some of the, some things uh, that Mr. O'Toole is saying, but that I will give him absolute credit for. All right. Got to leave it there for now, Kim. Appreciate the time. I'm sure we'll be speaking as the campaign uh, rolls along. Looking forward to it. Have a great day. You too. Appreciate it. There's Kim Wright with us, a principal at Wright Communications on day one of the federal election campaign. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.